Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about role-playing games ranging from the world of darkness tabletop setting um, to MMORPGs like EVE Online and everything in between. We broadcast live over Twitch and are open to answering questions during the show. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout. My co-host is Motor Rory, who helped me create this podcast, as well as a 40-person, four-table Gen Con event. Uh, hi, everybody, and today we're going to go over some of the games that you can play at TriatCon. So to start it off, uh, Josh, what is TriatCon? Uh, so TriatCon is something that's a, a new online convention that's going to be May 14th, um, to May, uh, starting on Friday, May 14th, and is ending on Sunday, May 16th. Um, and the kind of concept about it is try out games that you've never played before. Um, so the focus uh, of these games are uh, quite a bit of these um, are like World of Darkness type kind of games. Um, there is also um, games like Star Trek Adventures, Star Wars, FFG, um, and just tons of other kind of uh, different games that you normally wouldn't uh, see featured at, um, at different conventions. Yeah, uh, so it's being run by uh, Terry Robinson and a few other people from the podcasting community. And I've, I think I've listened to a bunch of interviews with him uh, on various podcasts, uh, including ours. And uh, on his podcast, the Mage, Mage the Podcast. Uh, and one of the things that he's brought up on a bunch of those podcasts is they don't have any D&D. Most of the time when you go to conventions, it's just a lot of D&D Adventure League, which which is good. You know, D&D is a great game. I, I play in two D&D games myself. Uh, but uh, I, I'm really enjoying that uh, he's making the effort to make a convention online here at the tail end of Pandemic. Uh, to get people into other games, because I'm sure a lot of people started playing online during this, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm really anyway. excited to see. I, I like the the concept that they they left it open for people to suggest other games, and I guess um, I've, if I remember correctly, there wasn't really a, uh, if there were there it was a very low amount, but I believe there might have been no suggestions for D and D. Um, as being the one that they wanted to, to try, because you can try D and D almost anywhere. Hopefully, I mean, I think we're at that point. I mean, to a certain, especially online is one of the things that I think. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of D and D communities out there right now that are all very active. Um, and Pathfinder is also another community that is extremely you know, active in the, the gaming um, stores, uh, n not as much anymore, but still online, I think D&D &D and Pathfinder both have an insane presence currently. Yeah, uh, I think what we're probably mostly talking about in that context is the popular actual plays, the streamed games of people playing D&D. &D. Uh, and I know I've brought it up, you know, a thousand times, but Critical Role is by far the most popular one out there. So that's where most people have been exposed to online gaming. Well, I think, I think what I'm talking about though, is more along the lines of like, there's, you can get into D and D games right now online, you know, pretty easily. Like if you want to join up with, there's multiple communities out there 
online and especially local communities. I know that's less now with the pandemic, but you know, it's really easy to get into the adventure league or whatever, any of the, the different, um, games that are being played at all different times for the, the, they have living campaigns and everything that makes them very easy and accessible to, to, to get into and doesn't need a, uh, a try at con, I would say does, is not really needed for, um, dungeons and dragons in, in the sense of yeah. there's games you can play out there. Uh, yeah, although I haven't really looked into it. I don't know how hard it would be to find an online game of D&D. But yeah, I bet it would be... It's it's certainly a lot easier than trying to find an online game of pretty much anything uh, from what's being run at TriadCon. Uh, so we were going to go through and read some descriptions of some of the games that are available. Yeah, and, so let's and go also ahead. Sold and... out. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so... So you just told me a few minutes ago that uh, that your mage game is sold out. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. So we our mage game is sold out. We have two of our five tickets sold for Demon the Fallen as well. Um, so looking looking really good there. Really excited to to get those games off um, the ground and 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 start playing them again. Um, as I'm kind of redoing some of the stuff that we've already done in year two of Gen Con and kind of doing a complete remake on that um using a lot of what happened canonly in our game um and and then kind of changing what the what the future would have been like or the the base concept of of some of the things that are going to be happening moving forward so year two the way things that happened in year two are not going to be at all the same um what we ran at Gen Con comparatively to what we, what, what I'm going to be doing here is going to be a very different game. Yeah. But based on the same history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, we're just going to go through and read some descriptions of these games and say whether or not there are tickets available, I guess, because I'm just looking at uh, this first one that we talked about, Star Trek Adventures, A New Horizon, Greener Pastures. Uh, and I'm seeing that zero tickets are available. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be one of the first piece of per people to notify me if a ticket becomes available, even though I can't play. But uh, I, I kind of I've got maybe some friends that might be interested in that. So um, there is a little notify button. So even if it is um, sold out, you can still get notified. Um, and I really I really like what tabletop events does um it's a we were talking about this before the podcast started here but tabletop events is what what they're using for triacon and it, i feel like it's a really great system for getting tickets to events uh yeah so um if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about uh it is a website called tabletop.events there's no dot com or anything it's just tabletop.events and uh, I think the first time that we were exposed to it was at Midwinter Convention in Milwaukee mm -hmm. a few years ago now. I think it was that 2017, maybe maybe 2018. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really smooth website. And if you're running any kind of thing with uh, uh, any kind of time slots that people can sign up for, I believe it's free to use, isn't it? Um, I believe not... it's free to use. I'm not sure 100% on the um, 
on on I that think. exactly, but I know that there's it's it's easy to sign up. Um, and it's I know that if I, for me as a GM, you know, as long as somebody set up an event, I can you know get into all the stuff free without any problems, of course. Um, but yeah, to set up an event or to to do a convention or an event on tabletop uh, events, I I'm not sure if it's free or not. Yeah, I, there is a payment system that is integrated, so I'm betting they take they take a little bit of that money. Yeah, I mean, um, sure, they although, make money more or somewhere, you know. Yeah, uh, although I think when we went to Midwinter, they had specifically made all of their events free. Uh, and so I remember when we were there, we were like switching out events constantly because uh, they were free. So it was it was very simple to cancel stuff. Yep. Um. But anyway, so let's go through and read some descriptions of games and uh, speculate on whether or not we'd want to play in that. So let's, let, just because I've got the that one open, let's start with the Star Trek Adventures, A New Horizon, Greener Pastures. Uh, a Star Trek Adventures in the Kelvinverse timeline taking place next generation style, 100 years after Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. The players will be the crew on the newly commissioned USS Horizon, as it has been tasked to help introduce a newly warp-capable species on their first steps in the Federation. Uh, it's four hours long. I believe it's... Uh, that is Friday at 8 p.m. And there are zero tickets available. Although, like you said, you can, uh, you can sign up to be notified, because as this is an online convention, I wouldn't doubt that there are going to be some cancellations or some no-shows. Uh, I'm not sure if Terry has talked about what's going to happen if some people don't show up, if there's going to be some sort of system to have people waiting around or anything. Uh, yeah, I'm taking a look at this Star Trek uh, Adventures game. This is interesting. I didn't realize this even existed. I might have to purchase this game. This looks a little fun. Oh, you mean like the actual game? Yeah, never the game book. Yeah, so they've got a core rule book. Looks like they've got some extra stuff uh, that you can kind of get, like Game Master's bundle. We've got looks like a couple of books out for it. So they've got a couple different source books. This this all looks really cool. I didn't realize that there was an up to date. Star Trek role-playing game. Yeah, well, hey, that's one of the awesome parts of uh, Triadcon. There, there are a bunch of games in here that I didn't know even existed. I know Star Trek role-playing has been around basically forever. Mm -hmm. uh, cause that's, I mean, that the overlap in those two communities is pretty much just a circle. So, uh, yeah, I can't say that I'm super interested in doing Star Trek role-playing because I'm I'm not sure how it would work. Uh, I'm sure it's away missions and stuff, but I mean, there's a there's a lot you could do with it. Yeah, yeah. There, I think there'd be tons of opportunities. Um, independent. I, I'm interested to see what the what the gaming system looks like. Um, that would be one though that um, unfortunately I'm not going to be able to go because I run my own game during that time. But that was one I I saw and I was just like, dang, I really wish I could have gone to this one. Yeah. All right, which, uh, which one do you want to look at next? Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at um, 
The one that I'm going to be going to, which is uh, Changeling the Lost, 2nd edition Midnight Mall Beautiful Madness. So, um, Changeling the Lost, if I'm, uh, if, uh, is not Changeling the Dreaming, so Changeling the Lost is the new Chronicles of Darkness. Um, and I've, I've never played um, any of the Changeling Chronicles of Darkness. I played in, and I've and I've run a couple of games for Changeling the Dreaming. Um, so I'm interested just to see what the what the mechanics are like um, and just to see what the what the gaming experience is like for this uh, this setting. Uh, which event is that? What time is it at? Um, it's the very first one. It is at 2 p.m. Friday. Uh, Changeling the Lost. Okay. Oh, there we go. All right, let me read the uh, description here. The moon is high and your time is now, but it's also closing time, and the mall has to shut its doors. What mystery awakens when the lights go out? Content warning, kidnapping themes, trauma processing, altered reality, themes of loss. This game is 18+. plus. Yeah, so it seems, seems like quite an interesting uh, kind of little opener for that, so... Um, it looks like, uh, this has one, uh, ticket available currently. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, $2 per ticket and it's a four hour game starting on Friday at 2 PM, as you said. Yep. And that's 2 PM, um, local to the convention, um, which is New uh, York so that's time. Eastern time, right? Yep. Eastern New York, American time. New York American time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just to make sure. Yeah, I mean that that's actually pretty interesting to me. Starting off the entire convention with uh with an adult themed changeling the lost game. <laughs> um so this and is an another one that I really I think I'm in the let me double check here my events. Yes, I'm in this the one that I think we should touch base on. I think we did uh, one of our other episodes too, but I'm interested in this uh, Adventure of the Hollow Earth. This has got a pretty good description here. Um, and this is at... Um, so this is one that I'm not going to be at, but I'm going to be at the next one um, for this... Let's see here. This is at 4P... Or sorry. Uh, this is at 3 p.m., on Friday, Mage the Ascension 2nd Edition Adventure to Hollow Earth. There we go. I got it. Oh, this is a long one. <clears throat> uh, Roland Lamont, a recluse antiquarian with an affinity for high tea, has requested you to go on a mission for him. He's never steered you wrong before and always pays well. What could be so hard about fixing a broken weather machine in a tropical area? This high-action, pulp-inspired, modern-day adventure is suitable for beginners and advanced alike with pre-made characters with a ret level 4. We will be using Mage of the Ascension 2nd Edition rule set with the homebrew rule of 10s exploding on all rolls except initiative, i.e. rolling a 10 even if you don't have a specialty listed. This adventure includes dinosaurs and Nazis as villains. 
Keywords Mage, Second Edition, Action Adventure, Punching Nazis, Hollow Earth, Beginner Friendly, and Fun. This game will only run if there are at least two participants. Bring a friend. Uh, so that is maximum tickets, four. Duration, four hours, starting at uh, Friday at three. Cost is $2, and there is one ticket available. That actually sounds really cool. Yeah, that seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I believe I have that. Um, my schedule. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be doing that at 2 p.m. to five uh, to 6 p.m. on Saturday. So they have another one of those going, and that one currently has no tickets available. Not surprising. <laughs> Uh, which one is that? Um, that would be the same exact game, um, but it's happening on Saturday. At 2 p.m. Okay, there we go. Yes, they're running it twice. Yep. And that one is sold out, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing well. that... Uh... The first one will I, I'm doing changeling at the same exact time that this one is going to be well changeling starts a little earlier but that worked out uh, which one do you want to look at next let's see let's look at uh, Promethean uh, that's I've I've always wanted to play Promethean is that the Friday at 9 p.m. Uh, yep Friday 9 uh, Friday 8 p.m. Promethean the Created, second edition. Oh, yeah, 8 p.m. The Spiral Staircase. It's got right. one ticket available at $2. Uh, let's see here. You wake up. Ash is falling like snow. One of your comrades has temporary amnesia. Their memories of the last couple of weeks are muddled, and she speaks of seeing strange symbols and figures just out of the corner of her eye. She swears everyone was followed into this area. Who is watching you? Yeah, so this is where you make like Frankenstein monsters and golems. Um, and you play these like, uh, it's a Chronicles of Darkness setting. Uh, very interesting kind of concept. Um, I, I haven't played it before, but I hear that you can make some really crazy monsters um, that it kind of gives you like an open kind of. Uh, ability to build some of your own kind of concepts that are similar to like Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar with Promethe Promethean at all. So yeah, that would definitely be an interesting one. All right. Uh, which one should we look at next? Let's go for one that has not sold some tickets to see. Let's see, like uh, Star Wars FFG, Rebel Scum. I'm going to take a look at what you give the description for that. This is at... Um... All right, yeah, I found the right one here. Okay. Uh, set mere moments after the destruction of the Death Star 2, the galaxy is far from saved as the New Republic tries to seize control and the Empire tries to hold onto power with the players caught in the middle. Yeah, so that looks... Uh, let's see. 
uh, maximum tickets five, duration four hours. That one's actually starting at uh, midnight. Going it's like twelve thirty actually, because it's it's interesting. The description or the name of it says twelve thirty in the in the title itself. So I'm guessing it starts at actually twelve thirty. I'm wondering if there was. Oh, I'm betting it's it's very possible that uh, whoever's running it is either running or playing in a previous slot, ah. giving themselves some. Uh, and yeah, that's five tickets available at two dollars per ticket. Uh, yeah. I, well, I hope I hope they sell out because that sounds pretty fun. So I played a lot of different Star Wars uh, um, role playing games before. I'm taking a look here. I'm wondering. I'm trying to remember if we played Empire's Edge at all or Edge of Edge of the Empires. Um, Empires. Or Edge of the Empire. Isn't that what uh, isn't that what Coder ran? I feel like that's what Coder ran. Yeah. Um, just trying to. I'm just looking through some of the stuff that I can kind of find it here, but it looks like the same core book that we had, um, and I think that that's the one that we used as well. That's a fun game. Star Wars has always been a lot of fun. Um, a lot of the times when whenever IGM Star Wars, I always find that my players the first things that they do is figure out a way to steal a ship. Um. <laughs> yeah it, it'll definitely be interesting because these are all essentially one shots uh and and if you don't listen to uh mage the podcast i would highly suggest it because in the last episode that just dropped uh in the past few days here uh terry talks with josh heath about running one shots which is essentially you know what is happening here at this convention yeah, I haven't listened to that episode yet. I was just I was gonna listen to that tonight um, to try and prep myself for my own game that I'm gonna be doing. I saw that post and I was like, "Ooh, that that's one I have to sit down and good, do a good listen to." Yeah, I'm only halfway through it. Uh, all right. So sticking with Friday, let's let's go and check out. I don't know what this is. This is it's called Blue Rose. Blue Rose Second Edition Poisoner's Lament. The queen of Aldis has long planned a banquet to honor her elite guard, the sovereign's finest. The merriment quickly turned sour, however, when many guests suddenly fell ill, poisoned by one of Aldis's rivals. With every high-ranking member of the finest debilitated by the poison, it falls to a scrappy group of apprentices, squires, and neophytes to discover who poisoned the guards, uncover the antidote, and capture the assassins before they escape justice. They'll have to navigate diplomatic intrigue, engage in a carriage chase or two, and above all, make their mentors happy and earn their own place among the Sovereign's Finest as true knights of Aldis. Pre-generated characters provided. This game is appropriate for ages 13+. plus. Uh, LGBTQ plus friendly. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I have never heard of Blue Rose. Yeah, neither have I. Apparently, um, did get some uh, upon its initial release. Blue Rose met with general approval and even uh, some acclaim by the gaming hobby. Yeah, this looks like an interesting. It's like a fantasy setting um, with a like a that is currently ruled by a queen who earned the throne when the golden heart 
a being symbolizing rightful rulership chose her over rival contenders so it's this a it's an interesting kind of like okay yeah it looks like uh originally published in 2005 by green Roman publishing which i've i've heard of before i'm not super familiar with it uh and in 2015 they kickstarted a uh, new edition that was published in 2017 yeah. That is pretty cool. Well, there are four tickets left for that. So if you're listening to this and you're interested, definitely go for that one. That's Although that is a $6 per ticket. I am sure it's worth it though. Yeah, the way I see it if it's, you know, if it's more money, I expect a little bit more out of the the uh the game itself then uh, a little bit more prep work to have been done and uh you know some something more than just a, a general uh concept that somebody came up with yeah six dollars is still not a lot though that's not a lot it's, of money either. <laughs> I, I for this convention it is it feels like six dollars is definitely some of the more uh premium kind of games that are going to be all right, there isn't much, I haven't seen anything above six dollars, so I kind of feel bad at putting my game at six dollars. I feel like I should have probably put it down a little bit at four, but I have put an insane amount of work into it, so yeah, I, I doubt many people will be unsatisfied with uh with the games at this convention. I think Terry's been pretty dedicated to to making sure everything's gonna go really well uh. And I'm sure he's going to learn a lot of things. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll talk to him about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing all about how, how this all went and what kind of learning experiences he had. Um, so let's move on to uh, Saturday and take a look at some of uh, some of the different games here that might be interesting. Um, so the first one that always catches my eyes is because whenever somebody says spaceships the first thing i go to is like i want to check that out so there's the spaceships and the stray worms never heard of this before it's at uh 12 p.m on saturday it's got four okay. tickets left two dollars a ticket all right, uh, spaceships and star worms. The module conscription. The Galactic Coalition have put out a call to all able-bodied ships and crew to prevent an assault from the wicked Virux invaders attempting to invade the Naren system on the edge of frontier space. Your ship is close enough to respond, so you answer the call to arms. Your mission: repel the Virux assault cruiser by boarding the ship and planting a bomb on the reactor. Steady your nerves, settle your resolve, and throttle up to attack speed. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds like some high-action uh, spaceship stuff. Yeah, that sounds fun. The D20-based game. On the foundations of 5th edition. That'd be fun. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, this is this is exactly the type of game that uh, should be at a convention like this. I've never heard of it, and it sounds pretty cool. 
I like star starship stuff. Yeah, yeah, that seems seems like a game I would definitely go to if I hadn't already signed up to um, the Mage game. Oh, I see. When you say fi fifth edition, it's it's five E compatible. So if you, if you play D and D fifth edition, it looks like it should be a pretty. Uh, similar system right yeah the idea yep so yeah it's it's very much like uh you know it's completely different setting it's a completely different concept but I'm, it's it sounds like the rules are going to be very much the same i'm betting that they probably switch out like wizards and but give them you know the same kind of concept but probably with you know tech or something like that that I don't know for sure at all, but I wonder. Uh, by the way, can you hear me all right? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm getting a little lag on my end, so. Yeah, I can hear you fine. I do see your video every once in a while. You get you get into a nice uh nice funny mm -hmm. posture. And <laughs> yeah. Grabs uh, you at the right time. <laughs> anyway, let's uh let's stick with uh, the beginning of Saturday. Let's, let's check out some of these that I have no idea about. Uh, I'm just gonna click on Wander Home here. Um, four tickets. All right. Wander Home is a pastoral fantasy role-playing game about traveling animal folk, the world they inhabit, and the way the seasons change. It is a game filled with grassy fields, mossy shrines, herds of chubby bumblebees, opossums in sundresses, salamanders with suspenders, starry night skies, and the most beautiful sunsets you can imagine. During our session, we'll create characters, our first place, and explore that patch of the heath. Oh, this that's, is a zero dollar game. Uh, also, zero tickets available. I yeah. see why. That's... And one person waiting for a ticket. Yeah. Congratulations, Chaz Kellner, uh, the, the host of this. I assume the, the person that's running it. Uh, yeah, that looks pretty cool. I, I'm not sure I've heard of that. Wander home. I'm betting it's a, it's, it's probably a very role play heavy, probably not a lot of combat in that one. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it would be combat heavy at all. I don't know why it stands out, but opossums in sundresses. That just sounds cool. <laughs> All right, which one do you want to look at? Um, let's take a look at... Uh, how about Fanfire the Masquerade 5th Edition? This would be something I would be interested in as well if I wasn't already um, scheduled during that time period. But uh, there are four tickets available out of the five currently, so uh, this is definitely one... I wish I could go to uh, this seems kind of interesting and I want to see I haven't played the new fifth edition yet I've heard a lot about it um, but I have not played it and it seems like it would be a fun system to play in I don't know it feels like it would be very different than normal world of darkness stuff though yeah I know they, they've changed up the uh, the way the dice work 
uh, but that's all I really know about it. Um, let me go ahead and read the description here. Uh, for players already familiar with the rules of Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition, you never expected to become a vampire. In fact, it was the last thing on your mind. But now you're here. In this introductory game, you will play a brand new kindred who is only a few months old. Prove your loyalty to the Camarilla, and they will keep you safe for decades to come. Mess up, and you will be no more. This game is run by the storyteller for Austin by Night. Interesting. Oh, cool. So yeah, that's something you could go check out a lot of the material that uh, the storyteller already has out there. It's kind of one of the things that when one of the reasons why I built this podcast and why I wanted to do like actual plays and stuff like that is I really wanted to have a place that people could go and be like, oh, this is the game that I'm going to be playing in. <laughs> kind of understand, you know, at least uh, an, an example of what they were going to be getting. Um, because you don't see that quite quite a lot with a lot of GMs. There, you know, I feel like there's a lot of GMs out there that are not very boisterous about about their work. Um, you know, they're just they're just gonna come and play their game, and 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 some of them are epic, and they have a lot of their stuff. Um, you know, kind of like they've done lots and lots of work in order to build up their game. Um, but they don't publish any of that information or show you any way of, of getting access to that information. Um, so it's always interesting when I see other actual players and stuff like that running games. I I feel like that's that's going to be one you're gonna you're gonna get some good quality, or at least uh, at least you're gonna be able to know what kind of quality you're gonna be jumping into by just going over to their actual plays. Yeah, it looks like uh, Austin by Night. Uh, they're on season two. Their first season have uh, is it eleven? Looks like season season one had eleven episodes, and they're on season uh, two, episode four was their most recent one, published in March. And their first episode looks like they started in twenty nineteen. Cool. Yeah, I I hope some of the uh, the listeners of that podcast get to play a game. That would that would be that's an interesting thing that I hadn't thought of. Um, you know, listening to a podcast like it's it's almost like if uh, if you ran a, a techno gate adjacent game for the con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's and even even then that's. Um, I want I want to do that. I'm going to be doing that at some point too. Um, I just haven't, I didn't have it prepped for this convention specifically, um, to kind of open it up to the general public for a, a kind of module for people. Uh, but yeah, that's something that I, I like the, a lot, the whole concept of being able to kind of check out somebody else's game and actually get to see it, you know, before you even play in it. Um, all right. So yeah, let's go ahead and move on to, um, there's an exalted game that's got some uh and i i've always liked the exalted setting um i haven't checked out any of the new editions i think i've only played like first edition exalted um but exalted's always been a game i've wanted to play more of um kind of more of a fantasy setting for world of darkness you want to go into the description for that one it's the one at um uh, is that 2 Saturday PM. 2 p.m.? Yep, 2 p.m. The Island uh, Imbued. Uh, an Island an Imbued. Island. An Island Imbued. Oh. Uh, a dragon-blooded exalt 
known for recent seclusion, has decided to throw a garden party and come out of their mysterious seclusion. However, you have your own reasons for attending, due to the rumors surrounding the Exalt and their summer home, such as sneak into their library, investigate military alliances, and more. Note, characters in this session are pre-generated and are not already created as Exalts. However, Exaltation is on the table during this session based on roleplay and narrative choices. Explanations of game system, setting, and mechanics will be provided, but this is a narrative-heavy, roleplay-heavy game. Oh, that seems fun. Yeah, uh, I am not really familiar with uh, uh, Exalted. Uh, I know that it it is uh, White Wolf adjacent, but it's not technically World of Darkness, if I'm right. It's complicated. <laughs> uh, but for, for all intensive purposes, it is not the World of Darkness. Um, but yeah. there are some concepts of possible tie-ins that it might have been the world before the world of darkness. Yeah, I believe it's uh, our, our mutual friend, Matt, who has uh, an overarching theory about how Exalted fits into the world of darkness world. Yeah, and, there's, and there is other people, not just him, who kind of, you know, are backing him up on this to a certain degree and there was there was concepts of trying to do that when it was originally created i don't believe it's something that held true through the entire creation process but yeah all right uh i am going to pick one this uh i think it's saturday at six dungeons and dragons fifth edition one last fight Uh, this session is for players experienced with the 5th edition rules for Dungeons & Dragons. After years of adventuring, you've finally retired to a small town outside of Waterdeep. But this peaceful town has become the victim of a dragon attack. You and the other retired adventurers must fight one final fight to save your peace and quiet. This is a level 20 final boss fight one shot. Nice. Wow, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> Level 20 final boss fight one shot. <laughs> uh, only, oh, six tickets, five available. Oh, man. This is a $7 I, game. I hope, $7 game. I almost, you know, I, I've, I've said to you, and I was kind of trying to avoid saying it on the podcast, but uh, I'm, I'm not super interested in doing an online convention, playing in, in the games. But if I was going to do one, I think I might, I would probably do this one just because I, I do enjoy uh, 5th edition D&D. Like I said, I've, I've been playing in two separate D&D games right now. And uh, yeah, level 20 D&D characters. I could see a single battle lasting for four hours. That's uh, yeah, especially if you get into uh, having to move your characters around and just all the minutia of a 20th level character. Yep. Yeah. It'd be an interesting one shot. Um, just something, and something I'd, I'd want to try. Um, but uh, that is an interesting, it's, it's expensive though. $7. And I feel like at yeah. a 20th level, I'd really have to feel like I'd know my, my stuff. Because I feel like I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be able to jump in and play that game. Yeah, no, I I, I feel you on that. That's, and it's one uh... of the things that I feel like 
World of Darkness has a better job of if you're a high level character, you, it's easier. To, it's not as hard. There's there is different complications, of course. Um, but I feel like a 20th level character, there's a lot to that character. Um, and if it's going to be combat kind of focused, is that, um, you know, with like a, a boss fight that's probably set up so that you should use certain spells at certain times. Um, whereas, because like my game is going to have a lot of high level powered characters, but it's always going to be like, especially since it's mage, it's just make up whatever the hell you want and we'll figure out a role for it. And we're just, you know, we're just going to, you know, be co-storytelling for for four hours, um, and you get to have a high, powerful level character to kind of co-story with me on, uh, co-story tell with me on to a certain degree of making this epic event uh, that you're going to be having um, with a lot of combat and stuff. But it'll be a lot of cinematic combat too as well. Um, this though seems like it would be something that I would want to know the rules for quite yeah. a bit. I, I I think this one is definitely it's for people that have played a lot of D and D. And they just want to fucking play a twentieth level character with all the fixins and, and just a, be like in a battle all set up for that because D and D feels like it would be yeah. really fun to have like a pre-generated combat battle that you jump into and here are your four characters or six characters they're all designed specifically to be able to beat this boss and I've designed the boss to be able if if one character you know if I have to only have four people then the boss is this way. If, if I only have, you know, three people, the boss is going to be geared towards these, you know, characters that are fighting them. I feel like you could build a design, a really fun game. Um, you just, you personally yeah. would have to know the rules as the GM would have to be pretty good and knowing what he's doing and built up that stuff. And then the players, I feel like to a certain degree though, it all depends on, I guess, how they kind of run it. I guess I've not seen what a 20th level character looks like in fifth edition, to be honest. I know a 20th level 3.5 character would make me fall on my butt and I know 3.5. So yeah, yeah. I mean, three point five was pretty crunchy. Fifth uh, edition, I guess it, it is less so. Um, but yeah, I, I, we just, we just actually wrapped up uh, kind of one of our fifth edition campaigns, and I, uh, we, we kind of did a little spin on it, where we were all controlling multiple characters. Uh, it it kind of it fit into the campaign we were doing uh, the Kingmaker module. Mm-hmm. Uh, from which was technically a Pathfinder uh, module, and and we took a lot of liberties with it. But by the end of the campaign, uh, in the, in the final uh, conflict, I was controlling a twentieth level cleric and a twentieth level paladin, and so all of us were controlling two twentieth level characters. It was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, That's interesting. In fact, now, uh, you know, just because we can do whatever we want, because this is our podcast, I'm just going to, you know, tell you about the the new extension to that campaign is uh, those characters sent off a bunch of lower level characters to go and send a message. Uh, and so now we just started, uh, we're all controlling either two, it's, I'm controlling four, I think somebody else is doing four, uh, and then the other two players are two and three characters. So I started a game with four level two characters. And we just, it, I mean, it took us like two and a half hours to do the first battle. But it was, it's actually a lot of fun. 
controlling multiple characters. It's uh, yeah, that would be fun. I re- I really enjoy it. Yeah, especially because D and D is so mechanical. Mm-hmm. Like I I try to throw some of the RP in, but uh, at, at at some point it's just like, what can my character do? And making a lot of decisions, it's it's actually pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I I feel like I could probably do that. I, I might check in on Saturday and see if there's tickets left. If uh, if I'm feeling it uh, for the the fifth edition boss run, awesome. All right, uh, anyway. uh, let's go take a look at uh, the Legends of the Five Rings um, because I know that's a game system that you're very familiar with. Um, and yeah. maybe um, talk a little bit about about that. And looks like there are four tickets available at two dollars, and the game starts at um. 6 p.m. Saturday at 6? Yep, Saturday at 6 p.m. Okay, let me find the description. Uh, an introductory adventure set in the mythic Rokugan. The players are emissaries from the great clans, escorting a doji princess as part of a peace accord just before the winter court. Samurai intrigue and romance. $2, four tickets available out of five. I, I, if anybody is listening to this and thinking, oh, I don't want to play that samurai romance game, I would highly suggest it. L5R is just really friggin' cool. Yeah, do you want to explain maybe a little bit about what, uh, what L5R is? Okay, uh, so L5R, Legend of the Five Rings, is a samurai-themed game. Uh, there are, is it seven clans? It might be nine now. It's it's a lot of different clans. And so there's a lot of meta story in it. Uh, I specifically played in a living campaign called uh, Heroes of Rokugan, which has gone through several iterations. I want to say they, they're, they're still going. I think it's Heroes of Rokugan 4 now. They're all five-year campaigns. There are literally at this point hundreds of modules that I'm pretty sure if you look in the right place, you can you can get them pretty much for free. I don't think anybody's charging for them. But it's it's a really cool setting. Uh, and the combat is interesting because it's it's the roll and keep system. So it's all D10s. You roll a certain number of dice. You get to keep a certain number of those, and then you add up the numbers on them to figure out whether or not you succeed. I think the, the biggest problem with the system was that there was no there's no way to botch. I think there are probably some homebrew rules to, to take care of that. I thought there was um, a, if you failed by 10 or more or something like that. Uh, I don't remember that ever being like no, a specific thing. Getting more than 10 or five or something like that. It was like, it was like a bonus system of here is your target number. And then everything above that was, was a good thing. Um, uh, see, that's where, that's where you get into the crunchy rules because it didn't matter how far above the target number you were unless you declared a raise, which is kind of like a... Oh, yeah. It's target number is 15 to hit this guy. And it's like, okay, I'm going to uh, raise by 10. So now my target number is 25. But if I hit that, now I get a, a m- bunch of different mechanical things. And I think oh, it's mostly yeah. just... It's just uh, damage dice mostly. Um, but you can you can accomplish some pretty cool things. Um, and some people I don't think, like the idea of botching. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, I think it definitely made it more enjoyable, especially in the context of it being a uh, convention-run module system. Because, uh, man, botching in D&D can really mess you up, and, and, and in uh, World of Darkness as well. Yeah. Um, it can really piss you off sometimes. And sometimes you just don't need that to be a, a good game. Uh, but what was, what was the thing I was thinking about for, for L5R? Um, oh, the, the setting is a big part of it. Uh, I think the main thing that I liked about it was that there was a kind of strict social convention inside the world. Cause you play samurai. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first time that I ran a module for friends, like they came at it with a D and D mindset and they were like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, are you prepared to lose the respect of your peers? And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, if you do that, you will like, you'll, you're going to get thrown out on your ass. You're no longer a samurai. <laughs> so, yeah, L5R can be pretty fun. I know there's a lot of, uh, there There are at least a few actual play podcasts out there. I'm not listening to them. I have a limited amount of time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that sounds like a really good intro to L5R. That is very much in the spirit of uh, Try It Gun. Cool. Um, so I do see that they do have one workshop. Um, I didn't see. Let me see. I'm going to go real Are quick. You talking about... It looks like there's only one workshop that they currently have. Are you talking um, about punishing your players? Yeah. So moving on to Sunday, um, I thought that this was an interesting um, workshop here that people might be interested in. It is uh, $7 per ticket, um, but uh, I'll let you go into the what they say here. Uh, Dungeon Masters, once upon a time your players could critically fail any ability, any attack, or saving throw, and you'd find a way to punish that failure. Does that further the story, though? Does it keep the game flowing? Come with me on a journey to rethink critical fumble tables and how we tell the story of failure in the world's greatest role-playing game. Other Game Masters and Storytellers welcome. Most advice will be system agnostic. So I like... Well, that's crazy. Because we literally just brought that up. Uh, it, talking about L5R, you know, yep. what is what is the actual role of uh, failure? Right, and and I found this interesting too because I like I like this in the sense of um, it's very similar to what I did. Well, I'm not similar, but it's around the concepts of what I did. Um, I think just in our recent actual play, where you guys at the very end of the story, all of you botched. Well, one of you botched a a, a magical. Uh, effect instead of using that to kind of uh hurt the players i used it as a a way to further the well further the story in a direction that i'm going to be taking it so uh you know so i i've used it as a plot element um and kind of um have moved them into a different sector of the of of the story at this point or moved them into a different path of the story because of what they've what happened Uh, but i like that idea of using critical botches and critical even successes as something that's more than just, you know, oh, you drop your sword. Oh, you shot your buddy. <laughs> you know, like, um, and wondering whether or not, um, you know, 
what what you can do to make it fun. I've always liked the idea of having botches be something that's just crazy and awesome that you know either further or changes the story greatly rather than just some kind of minor oh you just have some yeah. minor inconvenience. Yeah, it it actually it brings up an interesting story. Uh I think I think you were actually there. It was uh one year at Origins. Uh there was a Q&A I think on a Saturday or Sunday morning that I hung over kind of dragged myself to cuz I was like I really want to go to this. And it was with uh, Chris Perkins and uh Mike Merles from the the D&D team. Uh and oh man, there were a lot of people there. It was like standing room only and I just sat in the back and at the uh, at the end they were taking questions and this guy stood up and he's like uh somebody at the at the table has been fudging his dice he's been he's been cheating at D&D and and the thing that he's doing is he's preventing uh failures and he was like how do i deal with this and of course the the correct advice is talk to him tell him that's not cool uh, but you know, I actually stood up and I was like, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. And I was like, make failure more interesting than success. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that can be really hard to do as a GM. It really can. But in the ter- in terms of D and D, I would do it like in like, if somebody rolls a natural 20, go ahead and be like, awesome. Critical, critical hit, double your damage dice fucking awesome but next time somebody fails at something or misses narrate it mm-hmm. next time somebody critically botches rolls a one on their attack narrate it for like an entire minute and the next time that guy goes and sees a one on the table well, he might even be like you know it might be really interesting but some people that's not what they get out of games they some people they're only worried about the numbers um, yeah and and that's where i think your original advice as well as is the important one though is talk to your players you got if you got a problem with what's going on having open honest discussions with people um and ensuring i mean the the way that i always look at it is i want to make sure everybody's having fun to be honest i don't really care if people are are fudging their roles uh, there's certain ways of making sure that that can't happen. Like we're playing with uh, um, roll twenty, where the the rolls are pretty open for all to see. Um, so, and there's really not going to be a good way for you to kind of fudge that. Um, you can try to. With there's a couple ways of making it say successes happen. But if as soon as you hover over it, you can kind of see where that math equation came from, and being like, oh, that's how you got twenty successes on a dice roll that you should have only had three dice for so <laughs> um but in general i don't really give a yeah. care if, if somebody's cheating i'm trying to tell a story like and i'm just trying to you know i but that makes me i am much more into the storyteller aspect instead of game master aspect of um being a a game master i guess or a, a storyteller because i want i want to tell tell a story I'm not really concerned about your your dice rolls as much. Um, they're they're part they're things to add elements of suspense and make sure that that's there for the players. And really, 
the dice rolls I feel are there for the players and to and for me to uh, personally kind of respond to and, and make sure that the story moves forward no matter what the dice say. So I'm I I think it's kind of weird for somebody to be all cheaty during Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but if it's Dungeons and Dragons, I can see where a lot of people are doing that because they just want to win. Yeah, it's it's different. It's an interesting topic. Uh, I'm I'm kind of interested to see what this guy has to say about it. Um, I'm not sure if seven dollars for a one hour little uh, thing is well. Really I'm hoping great. that it's a workshop. So it sounds like they're going to be doing a lot more than just listening to what the person is because it does it's not a seminar so i'm imagining that they're going to make some character sheets that they're going to make some role charts and some it looks like they're going to do the critical fumble tables at the very least is is going to be like a thing that you're all going to be working together on to build some kind of uh collaborative work of um figuring out you know different cool things that are you know so it's not just one person um it sounds like it's going to be multiple people um I mean, they have currently one ticket sold. I don't know. It'd be something well, interesting to take a look at. Um, once again, I'd go if I was not uh, already committed during that time period. Are you running something on Sunday? Uh, no, playing but I'm something? playing on Sunday. Um, on Sunday, uh, what, are you, what are you? What are you playing on Sunday? Um, so Sunday I am from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. doing the continuum, um, slow at work or slow day at work, uh, uh Trinity continuum. Hey, on. Well, let's work. take a look at that. And that currently has four tickets available. Oh yeah, that's another $7 one. All right. Uh, Working the opening of a self-constructing colony prototype seems like a pretty simple assignment, especially compared to fighting aliens or mucking with shady governments and corporations. You might have tried to get out of it, but your superiors were very insistent that you be on Mars today babysitting the media and officials as everyone watches a city build itself. Maybe they know something they aren't telling you. Players should expect problem-solving, disaster movie action, and some ethical dilemmas. Some familiarity with Trinity Continuum Aeon is recommended, but not required. Yeah, so I think I played, I might have played with you a uh, Trinity game. Um, oh, that, yeah. That, yeah. We were going to play a different game, but then it turned into a Trinity game, I, I feel like. Or it was right at that, that was, time, um, it was Wrecking Crew. Uh, no, this was, um, you're, you're talking about the... Oh, was that You're talking about the one we played on Sunday at Midwinter. Yeah, that first year, and it was it was the guy from Onyx Path who actually did, uh, was the 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 line designer. Right. Uh, yeah. For it, I think they had just finished the Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, is was that Trinity? I feel like that was. Tr I feel like it was either Trinity or it was supposed to be Trinity, and then it was. But we played a different game. Um, yeah, I can't remember because I don't think Let me see. the game we played had self-building cities. I think, uh, uh, were we playing Aberrant? 
We might have played Aberrant. Let's see here, though. Uh, I think we were playing Aberrant. My conventions. My schedule. Oh, okay. So it was it was the Wrecking Crew on demand on Sunday. So I don't get to see exactly. Let me see what games they. Let's see if Trinity was listed as one of the ones here. Wait, are you looking up the schedule from midwinter? Yeah. <laughs> from three years ago? Is it yeah. that easy on tabletop? It's that events? easy on tabletop. It's super easy. Um, oh, I'm not logged in. It would take me too long to find my login info. Uh, while you're doing that, I am going to read what I'm because we're about at an hour. Yeah, so we're about almost uh, ready to finish up here. Uh, let's let's go with this one. It's a, it should obviously be the last one. Thirsty sword lesbians. TSL. We're here. We're queer. We're rolling initiative. Uh, run by Chris Britt. Uh, five tickets maximum. This one is sold out. Six dollars each. Thirsty Sword Lesbians. There are loads of campaign adventure prompts provided with the TSL Kickstarter. GM and players will work to decide whether the group are intergalactic gay glitter pro wrestlers, defenders of a fairy tale realm attached to the coffee shop they run, trans pirates of the Caribbean, or any other number of exciting, fun, queer options, and then we'll all generate characters together. Oh, that's cool. I, I believe uh, in his uh, last podcast, uh, Terry was pretty excited about this one. I'm not sure he's... I think he said he wasn't able to, to play, because uh, he's running the convention. Uh, but he was definitely interested. Cool. Yeah. Now this seems like it would be really awesome. Um, what time is this at? That is Sunday morning. Uh, it says ten o'clock for me. Yeah, ten o'clock. So ten till. I think that would be ten till. That'd be nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Yeah. So. I'm wondering if I can fit that into my schedule. Like I know that it's sold out, so but I could do the But yeah, no, that's uh I mean how how is anybody gonna be able to play that? That's when everybody should be at church. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like I do every Sunday. But yeah, so um, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap that up here. I think that's a good uh, good note to end on here. Definitely make sure to try or to to go to the TryItCon website, TryItCon dot. Uh, I think it's TryItCon dot com, right? Try it. It is TryItCon TryItCon dot com. TryItCon dot com. Should I spell it? T R Y I T C O N dot C O M. Yes, that's it. So definitely go out, check that out. Um, you can also find it um, in the tabletop events. Um, if you're familiar with that website, there is tons of uh, tickets still left available. Um, we are one week away, basically. So next Friday, this upcoming this upcoming Friday, it will be 
go live time. So really looking forward to running some games for that. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up here. Make sure, um, make sure to check out our new website, uh, theageofstories.com. We got all of our information up there that we currently have out to the public for Madison Under Siege, our setting that we will be running at Triatcon. Um, uh, and don't forget to tune into our Mage the Ascension game, Technogate, on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time on Twitch at twitch.tv slash goldenagestories. That's golden spelled G-U-L-D-A-N. Also, if you like this podcast, you can listen to us record it live on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Well, thank you all for listening, and you have a great week. See you next. Uh, and see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. And I also wanted to just say happy Mother's Day to everybody, including my mother and uh, my grandmother, and make sure um, that my mother-in-law knows how much I love her, as well as all the mothers in, in the world today. Just uh, have a great Mother's Day.